Hello, everyone. I'm Fox 2's Charlie Langton, and welcome to the Let It Rip podcast. On this, the February 16th edition of Let It Rip, we examine the tragedy at Michigan State University from a student who was there and the fear that she experienced, plus a psychologist who will help us get through this tragedy. So let's let it rip. Tonight on a special edition of Let It Rip. I've just been replaying the events over and over again in my head. Three students killed, five others hurt, and a sense of security stolen after a gunman opens fire on the campus of Michigan State University. The victims honored with emotional vigils and calls for change ring loud once again. There were people that were in Oxford High School. I saw photos of Oxford Strong. They had to go through it twice. We can't have school shooting veterans. So what changes can and should happen to try and stop another tragedy like this from happening? And how can we take care of ourselves while helping our families cope? We're discussing it all now. Well, thank you for joining us tonight. You know, the tragedy at Michigan State University horrified people across the country this week. And joining us tonight is Portia Chana, an MSU junior who was on her way to study at the Union when the shooting happened. We're also joined by clinical psychologist Dr. Rose Moten and, as always, Fox 2 anchor and attorney Charlie LinkedIn. And we really want to... First of all, so sorry that you had to go through this as a student at a university who was just trying to get an education. You're wearing your Spartan gear proudly. Mm-hmm. Portia, you were moments away, minutes, I get, from actually really being in the middle of that shooting on the way to the Union. Explain what happened um, and how this unfolded for you. Yeah, so uh, I was just getting out of a club meeting with one of my friends, and uh, we always go to the Union to study every day, so we were on our way there. I was, luckily we were driving, I was in my car driving, and as we were pulling up to the Union, um, we just see like floods of, of students running out of the building, and we had noticed a police car in front of the Union, but nothing un- unusual, but um, as I was rolling down my window to ask one of the students what was going on, all I hear was were people yelling shots fired and um, I look to my right and I see about 10 police cars with their lights on in front of Berkey Hall so um, what was going through your mind at the time I was confused at first, and then when I hear shots fired, at first, you know, this isn't the first time a threat on campus had, uh, you know, had occurred. Like, we had gotten emails before that maybe there was somebody who was dangerous on campus before, but actually seeing, you know, students crying and running from Mm -hmm. a building is unlike a fear that I've ever felt before. Um, So I was confused, I was anxious, my heart was racing, and especially because I knew a friend who was in who I uh, thought had class in Berkey Hall at that time too Mm -hmm. so um, I was just scared I was so scared when you finally how long did it take for you to finally realize what had happened inside the Union and what did you do next yeah um, 
I mean, it, it, I was driving around campus for the next probably 10, 15 minutes. We we'd pulled over into the parking garage next to the mm -hmm. to Olin Health just to um, gather ourselves and also text our friends. I'd called my friend who was in Berkey and just you know try to notify as many people as we could. But at that point, I didn't really know what to do. Mm -hmm. So we were just driving around campus. Um, I was picking up friends from buildings, giving them rides homes, and uh, then I just picked up my roommate and we we bolted to our apartment and locked the door, turned off the lights, and just immediately turned on the news and the police um, uh, radio. So it probably took about 15 minutes for me to really like understand right. what Did was going on. Did you get notice from the school? Oh yeah, no, I mean, I was probably one of the first ones to tell my friends uh, in our group chat, but just probably three, four minutes later, an email was sent out mm. from Michigan State University notifying that there was a, a real threat on campus. You're from the Troy area. Yeah. You came home, obviously, after the shooting yeah. happened. For you, how do you feel about going back to Michigan State University? Do you feel safe enough? Are you scared? Yeah. Um, my friends and I actually drove back down to campus last night for the vigil, and um, honestly, my heart was pounding driving mm. on the highway because, um, yeah, I didn't know how to feel, and especially like driving by the Union and Berkey Hall is—it's um, just—it's painful. It's very—it's very—it makes my heart hurt. But um, being surrounded by so many people and supporting each other really helped make campus feel safe again. Um, but I don't know. Every day, you know, just taking it day by day at this point, and um, every day is definitely better. Being surrounded by my friends and family is definitely better. But uh, you know, MSU stopped classes for the week, but looking to Monday. I don't know if my feelings will, will be changed by Monday morning, if I'll feel safe going physically in person into class. Okay. Dr. Moten, let's talk to you for a moment. What, how do the students really move forward? I know it's a very general question, but you just heard there uh, from Portia, you know, they have some hesitancy, maybe of some anxiety, course. of course, from going back into the buildings and, and being there, yet they still want to go to school yes. and be a college student. Yes. How do they approach this? Patiently and, and giving yourself grace. You know, we have to commend Portia for her bravery and courage for even, you know, looking out for her friends mm -hmm. um, that evening. But it's going to be expected as she described heading back there for the vigil last night, heart pounding, um, this fear of even going past the union. This is normal. This is a normal physiological response that someone who's been exposed to a trauma is going to experience. So the students have to give themselves grace with that and understand this is not a quick fix. It may be several weeks. It may be several months where they're still processing this. As Portia mentioned, when she got home, it took a while for her to even realize what had happened. There was a sense of confusion. So the cognitive things that individuals are going to be experiencing, confusion, difficulty concentrating, maybe some memory issues. When um, MSU initially said 48 hours, no class, I as a psychologist, I was, that's not long enough. Mm -hmm. So I was happy to hear that they were extending it until Monday. It is important for them to get back to a regular routine as soon as possible. Okay. It is important. But again, you have to give yourself some grace. Good night.
How would you counsel her? Obviously, you can see she's got, and I haven't asked her if she'd even go back into the union yet, mm -hmm. but how would you counsel? What do you do? Do you talk? Do you hug? Do you yeah, yeah, pray? Yeah. What do you do? You do all of that, honestly. You know, you want to help them process because when you are faced with a traumatic event, the brain does not know what to do with it because it's outside the realm of normal, everyday activity. So talking, which again, commending her for even being here tonight, talking about it helps her to process it. It helps to take this trauma, which is like bouncing around in the brain, doesn't know where to go, that could actually cause some physiological problems, upset stomach, headaches, migraines, you know, all of that stuff. It helps to talk to, pro I mean, it helps to process it when she talks about it. So validating her feelings and normalizing what she's experiencing now is very important. Portia, for you, though, do you need something more tangible to make you feel safe? Something, uh, perhaps a change on campus, um, if it's maybe how you were alerted. I don't know if you're happy with how the university handled that, or maybe even uh, tighter security on the buildings. What are your thoughts when it comes to making you and other students feel safer? Yeah, I need gun control. Um, mm. There's nothing wrong with campus. The way the police reacted was perfect. Um, the way the university responded was perfect. Uh, I'll feel safe once guns are not um, a part of our daily lives. Mm. Um, this is not a unique Michigan State University problem. This is not a unique school safety or buildings problem. Mm. This is a uniquely American problem. Um, so I'll feel safer once the guns are gone. Well, we saw on the MSU Rock someone had painted that they felt that people should have guns, the students there, that they would be able to protect themselves. Is that a general feeling among students? Um, I mean, I'm not going to speak for everyone, sure. but um, I'm going to speak for myself and say no. Um, more guns are not the solution. Um, again, this is a uniquely American problem. We have had almost 70 school shootings in, or sorry, mass shootings in America this year, and that is more calendar days than in 2023. And Dr. Moten, with that, um, as a parent, yes. I know, and it could be any school, high school, grade school, middle school, college, as a parent, we're very afraid to send our kids to school, not knowing if they're going to come home. How do you, you know, tell parents to be able to let go a little bit and just trust the process or just even feel confident day to day that their kids yeah. are going to be okay? That's definitely easier said than done, right. right? And the fact that our kids have to go through these drills. You know, I, I got a call from a parent today that's like, I, I found an active shooting drill. Should I send, and her, her daughter was on campus. Should I send her there Friday? And I said, you know, let's give it some time. But it's understandable because we want to protect them. But as a parent, I'm a mom of four. So, um, and they're all two in college, two out of college. So it's so important. We have to, like you said, you, you have to trust the process. You have to have faith because honestly, when they're out of our, hands, right. there's very little we can do to control their day-to-day -day activity, but hope and pray and give them the wherewithal to know what to do in these situations. Okay. Portia, are you following the, the background of the shooter? Is this something that uh, students are, do you want to know his background? He had a prior arrest, uh, anything along those lines or no? No, I don't care. <laughs> I do not care about the shooter and his background and all of these things. And maybe, yeah, looking into the background of this man is important because it goes to show that this event could have been preventable. But I mean, 
the end all wasn't, oh, this happened because our buildings are unlocked and he was able to get inside. No, the problem was because he had a gun and he took people's lives away and he traumatized families forever. Um, so personally, no, I don't care about the background of this man. I don't want to know this man's name. I don't, it's not a name that I'm going to remember. What about gun control specifically? Well, if the legislature and their members of the legislature may be watching you right now, what would you suggest to them? We need reform, but not only just reform and better background checks and safety, you know, lock up your guns, safety laws. We need to ban guns. That is wow. the issue. I don't you know, know. It's funny, though, Dr. Moten, that you, we have kids even dealing with these. And, and I don't want to say kids. She's obviously in college mm -hmm. and, and, and a young adult. But that they even have to think about these things yes. as they go to school or the, the drills of the run and the hide and the fight at, at these young ages. I mean, what sort of toll is this taking on their psyche? Especially coming out of the pandemic. This is something I didn't deal with when I was in college. You know, it just wasn't in, in our realm of, of just experience. But these kids are used to it. Talk to a mom yesterday whose child was Oxford in MSU, you know, right. and you can only imagine um, just uh, we don't want to start normalizing this. No. That's my fear. When you talk about 70 mass shootings and this is just February 16th, we don't want to become desensitized to this event, this tragedy. Your daughter was went to school with Ariel, one of yes. the victims from Gross Point North who attended there. What do you tell your daughter? Oh my gosh, you know, I let her talk about Ariel and she spoke very highly. They were co-mentors, mentoring younger students, you know, helping to mentor students as they entered into high school. They both graduated together. My mom, and my daughter said, Mom, she was so dedicated. Mm. She said she was doing, and this was what broke my heart. She said, Mom, she was doing everything she was supposed to do and so excited about her future. And, and can I just ask Portia real quick? Will you go back and study in the Union? Not, not now. Um, I don't know. That's also a discussion that my friends and my family and I have been talking about too. Like, what will campus look like uh, next week? What will it look like a year from now? Especially as you know, our new class is deciding where they want to go to university next year. Um, I used to study at the Union every day, uh, all day on Saturday and Sunday. So. Mm -hmm. I probably will not be back there for a while, but I, again, I don't want to live, continue to live life in fear. And I hate that this man, you know, Death. tried to take something away from mm -hmm. us. The union is supposed to be a safe and sacred place for us to study and gather, and I don't want him to take that away from us. Portia, we really appreciate your Thank time you. so and, and telling your yeah. story. Um, very brave of you. It's, it's so soon after, but hopefully, talking about and hearing from you, Dr. Moten, thank you. We'll bring some people some peace and uh, some insight yeah, as well. My so, pleasure. Thank, thank you. So you. Thank you so much. Yeah. Well, the shooting is something that we've seen in this country all too often. And once again, as you've heard, it's sparking calls for change. What needs to happen and what will it finally take to stop this from happening again? We'll be right back. Let It Rip continues now. And back now to the special edition of Let It Rip. Of course, we're talking about the tragedy at MSU this week. And outrage has reignited the uh, change right now. People want change, but we need to know what it will take to make it happen. We're here now again with, well, attorney Ben Johnson and then clinical psychologist Dr. Rose Moten. And Charlie Langton is back with us again. Uh, 
every time we seem to have a mass shooting, there is outrage, as we've said, and, and people want change. They demand change, yet it seems that kind of fades away if it's with lawmakers or police or security or schools or whatever that needs to be done. Someone, they want people to be held accountable because someone needs to be in or so these kids don't die in vain. Mm -hmm. Then you are representing the families of the Oxford victims from the, our, our state's first mass school shooting. Who do you think should be held accountable in this MSU shooting? Is it the university? Answer is, I don't know yet, Taryn. I gotta see what the investigation reveals and do our own investigation. But the, the point of the matter is to me is, are we really that tired of this, Michigan? Two of these in less than two years? Who's the problem? We are. What do you mean? We are. What do you mean? In Michigan. We are, United States, we are. Mm. Until we start to own that and still to let it sink in and really feel it, I would hope that we can now. But it is us who is the problem, Okay, Taryn. well, elaborate that on that, because, right, you know, we're trying to get tougher, our legislature. Are we? I, they, well, that's what's on the table right now. They want universal background checks, safe storage, and then, of course, the... That we all could agree on 20 orders. years ago, but now we're going to do it? The answer is... We better do it. But it's obviously, Dr. Moten, an incredible comprehensive problem and a comprehensive approach. We can't just stop with any one thing. And for once, we have to stop the politics and get to saving children. This yes. is about children, y'all. I know we all know this. We can agree on this. Kids going to school. Kids required to go to, by the way, high school in Oxford. Mm -hmm. Kids are not required past age 18 to go to school, but they're at Michigan State University, another state school. In my opinion, accountability, Karen, you're asking me, get rid of governmental immunity, stop protect, protecting the guilty. Let's see what's really going on here, and let's figure out an overall way, Charlie, you to get to the bottom and the root of the problem. The answer is it's all of us together. I don't know if you're talking about an attitude. Maybe you are, because I would agree with that. But on the law the side, law side the too, law side, Charlie, what law could have been in place that would have prevented or severely hindered this shooter from doing what he did? Would it be background checks? Charlie, he Charlie, could have passed oh, there's background so many plea it's, deals. it's 48 hours or whatever it is since the shooting. I have no clue. But the answer is until we allow ourselves the ability to hold everyone accountable that is truly accountable in Oxford, you all don't even want me to start going on that. And we, yes. But yes. the fact of the matter is, until we open up, really transfer. I love the word transparency because you all know what that means. It means transparency. <laughs> transparency, doctor. Really show everybody everything and stop protecting people well, from anything, which, by the way, includes a lot of people, not just school districts and state universities. Dr. Moulton, though, mental health is obviously a big aspect in this. Absolutely. this, this we're hearing t today how it really fit the mold when it came to uh, being alone and having some sort of issues in the past and, and what he was doing. Yet the signs are always there in hindsight. Uh, 
the signs were there the first night it happened for me mm -hmm. in my line of work. And oftentimes people don't want to hear that when you say mental health issues because they think it's an excuse and it's not. Mental health does not mean that this man is not to be held accountable or you know he's not at fault. What it means is that we need more funding for mental health, more awareness for mental health. Even his family did not notice that their mental health issues, though I think the verbiage his father used was he was a mama's boy. No, he was mentally ill probably most of his adult life and mom really helped to suppress that for him because she was his source of stability. So when she died, there was no one to be that source of stability to probably reel him back in when he was having these thoughts. Well, disorders. do relatives, are? is it their responsibility to report and where do these people then go? Because of course we know there's no institutions or not exactly, enough. Exactly, exactly. There's so much. I w we wish it was just one answer to that, right? Because they closed state hospitals. Right. They closed oh. state hospitals. Is, Doctor, and is, that's a is mental health considered uh, on par with a broken arm? We understand you got a broken arm, mm -hmm. that's an injury. But is mental health considered the same way now? Oh, when you say the same way, mental, mental health is an illness just like physical illness is Do people illness. understand that? No, people do not well, understand Isn't that it. part of the problem? That is a huge Amen. part. That's why we need more awareness. Even families, again, that family should have identified. The father used the terminology, he became evil. No, it wasn't evil. He probably had some preoccupations. What should the father have done? The father should have reached out if this guy was expressing he was a harm to himself or others, it's our responsibility to reach out to protect okay. the public. But there was an op-ed in the Detroit News oh, earlier no, this week, this, and, and they said, hey, lawmakers, quit grandstanding. We don't need more laws. Prosecutors need to enforce the laws that are already on the books. Are we, are prosecutors, are, are we too eager for plea deals? Is, and that's letting people slip through the cracks? Because he wouldn't have been able to legally get a gun if he was charged with a felony. He was pled down to a misdemeanor. I love how the op-ed of the Detroit News blamed the progressive prosecutors because they have to make it political. That is the problem, y'all. That is the problem. If we're going to solely make it about politics, we will get nowhere. But are Look, there too many plea deals? You're in court. You see what's going on. Well, prosecutors, they, it's a costly, you know, to go to trial, but it seems to be costing the public. Well, Taryn, I'm going to tell you the same thing I always tell anybody. I, I'm not Steve Fishman or Mitch Rabitworth, <laughs> so I can't spell criminal law. The idea <laughs> Is that is there are there too many? The answer is depends on who you ask and when, right? If it's you, I'm guessing you wouldn't say that. Here's one of the th questions that I I mean, Dr. Moten just nailed it in terms of the family and so forth. When this young man is shooting in his backyard mm. in a residential neighborhood, I don't know what you all would do, but I'm just gonna tell you this: if that's my son. I'm going to call the cops mm -hmm. myself and I'm going to tell my son what, well I can't say it on TV, what are you doing with a gun? I don't support that, right? And I'm going to take steps. Now, most parents don't want to have that tough love and I get that and by the way, it's never easy and we can all say what we would do. But the point of the matter is, is we all 
all, every one of us, need to step up. Neighbors, and I, they say they called the cops, then they did. Yeah, you see something, it's, say something. Then you've you got to, Taryn, you've got, you've got to. to, right? But going back, going back real quick to the law here, it's not the fact that there's plea bargain, it's the sentence. If you are convicted of a crime involving a gun, I don't care if you go to jail. Yeah, I but do it was a right misdemeanor. That's hey, doesn't matter. I would say misdemeanor. No guns. What's wrong with that? It's still, still a yeah. gun charge. You could plead to a misdemeanor, you can't have a gun. That's the penalty. Forever. No, What's wrong that's with a that? great point. Point, Charlie. What's wrong with that? I'm going to send you to Lansing. <laughs> <laughs> so then I That's guess so, so then that is the argument of then you would need stricter uh, gun laws though on the books though. Stricter penalties. Well do you? The answer is to what to enforce and by whom when and I think the, the, the point of the article Taryn that I won't pick on because I think it's an interesting one and that is that's not my the, article I, 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 <laughs> sister, I feel you. but the fact of the matter is if if there's repetitive charges which with this man there was right mm -hmm. that should have been a wake-up call to someone but guess what guys governmental immunity no problem there because there's never going to be an issue you can't charge any prosecutor any judge so before I get blown up tonight on my emails and so forth well, that's what you're tackling in Oxford. Oxford you don't want to sue the prosecutor or the judge no, though, of, do course you? of course not but, but you the know point what, of the matter Moan, is governmental is immunity is governmental immunity Excuse me. how important though Dr. Moan is for people to be held accountable or institutions universities whatever the case may be so people can move forward and heal from this you know or any shooting so the law is not my you know right. forte but in terms people of mental need health. to be held accountable because this keeps happening and then it's like okay then we're just waiting for the next one you said you know Michigan's first Oxford first school mass shooting that was scary to hear yeah because it's like okay well we know this it's no longer the first uh, we have to have some accountability but let's go with preventative first and that's where the where comes in. That's where making individuals aware to see the signs before we have to have a tragedy like this. All right. Uh, we're going to hold it right there. We're going to be back in a moment with final thoughts. Stay with us. And now we're back. We're back now with our panel and final thoughts. Ben, what changes? What needs to be done? Final thought. Governmental immunity has got to go. We have to stop protecting the guilty. We have to stop protecting people simply because they work for the government. They can't have special rights. They can't get special favors under the law. We need to have everyone in a level playing field. Dr. Mo, what do people need to know? Better mental health awareness and better mental health accessibility. And like you said, see something, say something. And that goes for families as well with family members who are in the home that are having these thoughts, these, these homicidal thoughts. All right. Read a cop in every school, a nurse in every school, respect for the law, and understand mental health is real. Very true. Thank you all. Thank you for Thank your you. insight. We appreciate it. And that does it for this edition of Let It Rip. The Let It Rip discussion continues online. Sound off on Facebook, Twitter, or Fox2Detroit.com.